When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Rolling into hour number three of Bart and Han. Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776 for the calls. And we'll get back to them, certainly. So get them rolled up and ready to go. Uh, but right now, you know, without Bart, one more day without Bart. We'll get him back tomorrow and everything go back to normal. But one more day without Bart, everybody else gets a chance for the power hour and this is a big moment big moment because the first time around when 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 tom bauer had a chance to do the power hour i was excited because i thought let me just we're finally going to see him break out of his shell and really show us who he is and that didn't happen so instead and maybe it didn't that's not really what we wanted to say it really did sound like dan grassa getting strangled like if you took dan grassa's voice and then strangled dan grassa that's what this sounded like the last time it happened so we're giving him a second chance, and we have the gong ready to go. So, Tom, are you ready to go? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, Alan. I think you are. All right, you sound it now. You're a little more confident, a little more uh, bass in your voice. He's still not standing up here. Uh, oh, I, I got oh if you need, need me to stand up, give me one uh, second. Rise! <laughs> All right, is he standing? Oh, yeah, we're on our feet now. All right, we're on our feet. We got the gong. We're ready to go. So, Tom, it's hour number three. It's Barton Hom. What's that mean? It's the power of... Hour, 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 hour. I I hate this already. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> gong bailed out on that. What? You won't even hit the gong. No, that you was won't not, even hit the gong. Not gong worthy. Should we? You know what? Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven. Is Rich waiting? Because I don't want to make Rich. Oh, wait. Rich is ready. Yes. Oh man. All right. We're gonna hold off. Then I'm gonna let people call in and try to do a better job of the power hour before the end of this uh, this segment. So we'll let people who wants to, who, anybody that wants to call in and try to do better than Tom, who literally, he literally just pulled the chute in the middle of it, just absolute parachute jumped out of the burning plane. He was done. Not going to finish it. Didn't deserve a gong, didn't get a gong. And so you'll have a chance to do it. So in the meantime, let's just switch gears, shall we? And get back to the conversation of the Jets because Joe Douglas spoke today at the NFL Combine. A couple little headlines that came out of it. The one I think that's making the headlines is that they have given Zach Wilson and his representation uh, permission to seek a trade. We'll see where that goes. They're going to circle back later in the week. Rich Samini covering all this, as he always does for us at ESPN, joining us right now. And, Rich, that's, that's not a shocking headline, but is that the headline of uh, Joe Douglas's meeting with the media? Uh, yes, Alan. Uh, thanks for having me, by the way. And, yes, that is absolutely the headline. Uh, it's one step closer to the door for Zach Wilson. I mean, look, the, the Jets have made this pretty apparent since the end of the year that they were going to replace him as the backup quarterback. And, and so this is just part of the process. And, you know, I think Zach's wanted to be out. You know, he wants to change his scenery. I think the Jets, I mean, look, Woody Johnson pretty much said it right uh, at the NFL yeah. Honors a few weeks ago yeah, at we the need Super a Bowl. What he said, <laughs> we did have a backup quarterback last year. And so that was, uh, if there was any doubt at that point, then it was completely erased by uh, by Woody Johnson. There's no doubt that he's going to be moving on to another team. 
Have you had heard any indications just from your own sources of a team or two that might want to, you know, kick the tires here and just see if maybe, you know, this kid does have arm talent. He does have potential. There was a time where he was drafted to be a franchise quarterback. You know, maybe it was more the system than it was the kid. And maybe we can reclaim him. Is there, is there any kind of interest in him? Yeah, I think there'll be something, some some interest in him, Alan. I mean, they're not going to get a lot for him. I've talked to some people around the league, and, you know, it's going to be a day three draft pick, you know, a six or a seven, or, or perhaps like a, a flip of like fifth round pick, something along those lines. I think the Jets would like to make it a conditional pick just to cover themselves in the event that he gets some playing time. Obviously, he's looking at a backup job. No one's going to give him a starting job by any means. And he might even have some trouble finding a, a concrete number two job. He might have to go into a situation where he has to compete for a backup job, much like Mike White had to do last year in Miami. He had to go in and compete with Skylar Thompson for the number two job, and he eventually won that job. So uh, and people aren't going to be breaking down the Jets' doors, you know, for Zach Wilson. But I think one team to watch is Minnesota. You know, they hired Josh McCown yesterday. Uh, I know Josh. Uh, I spoke to Josh McCown uh, before the 21 draft, and he was really high on Zach Wilson. I mean, uh, he thought he was almost as good, if just as good as Trevor Lawrence going into that draft. And so now Zach gets the quarterback job in Minnesota. You have an offensive-minded head coach in um, O'Connell there. They obviously have some quarterback need. They don't even know who their starter is right now. You know, they're trying to get Kirk Cousins back, but they might look for a backup as well. So I don't know. That, that could be one team to keep an eye on. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I like that, especially because of the connection. So it'll be interesting to see if, what kind of interest he gets and then, you know, where it goes from there. But it is amazing if you think about it. The last six years, you're talking about Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson, two guys that were drafted extremely high to be the next face. And now both of them, you don't even know if they're going to be backups somewhere or what kind of role they'll be playing. Really is amazing how fast this whole thing does turn. But, you know, again, for the Jets, they have to find now a, a veteran backup and I imagine that's what we're talking about right like you you know you have Aaron you're you're hoping that you'll have Rodgers for the next two years and finally in not in shape he's always in shape but I mean in condition on the field ready to play no more injuries no more concerns no more nothing but you have to have now I think we learned from last year you have to have a safety net what are we looking at when it comes to safety net do you have an idea of names of types of players that would fit a again a system that if something does go wrong, God forbid, we don't have the same thing as last year, where it's a system that doesn't fit whoever's throwing the football. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a system fit. It, it's a Rogers fit as well. Uh, that's important here. I think uh, you mean a friend you have to get someone. The friend, I don't, I don't know. He, I think he's run out of quarterback friends. Yeah. Uh, we saw what Tim, yeah. Boyle, we saw what Tim Boyle did last year. So I don't think that's gonna. I don't think they're going to run that one back. Uh, He's gone anyway. But, uh, you know, it's hard to find the right fit. Like I was talking to some quarterbacks around the league, you know, during and after the season. It's like, you know, if you are a high-end backup, you want to go to a situation where you think you can play or possibly compete for a starting job or be a bridge quarterback. Uh, Like a a Gardner Minshew last year in uh, Indianapolis, um, ends up playing a lot, ends up having a real good year. So I do think the Jets will be interested in Minshew. He's, a, he's been a guy they've had a, their eye on for a couple of years. Uh, Tannehill is going to be out there. 
But I highly doubt that. I mean, I think he's going to look for a starting job, and I don't think he's going to want to come in and back up Aaron Rodgers. I think a really good fit from a character standpoint from a uh, is, is Jacoby Brissett from Washington. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at this point in his year, I don't think he, he knows he's not going to be a starting quarterback. He has played well in spurts, certainly played well on Christmas Eve when he nearly brought you know the commanders right. back from that big deficit against the Jets. I think the Jets have always had a liking for him. And so he's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, there's going to be, you know, Tyrod Taylor could be a possibility. Uh, there's going to be some cuts. You know, I think people have been speculating on Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to be cut by the Raiders any day now. Uh, he can't play the first two games because of that PED suspension. Mm-hmm. I think in the big picture, you know, that's not going to deter teams too much from going after him. It's only two games. So he, Connection to Salah, obviously, from San Francisco. He's another guy to keep an eye on. So the Jets are going to spend here. I mean, I think backup quarterbacks are going to make out in this market because of the, what, like 69 different quarterbacks played last year in the NFL. So the backup quarterbacks are going to make money, you know, probably on somewhere seven, eight, nine million for a year. And so I think the Jets are going to be in that neighborhood to land one of these guys. Yeah, and what they're hoping is they're going to pay a guy to never play. Like that's really what this is about, too, right? Because they just you can't have like he whoever it is, you'd you hope that it's wasted money because he's never going to play. That's what you want, yeah. But there's no guarantee because obviously your quarterback is 41 years old and is coming off an Achilles, so you can't take that risk. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's the insurance policy you never want to have to use. Exactly. And, uh, the, the bottom line is to look. Any, I don't think there's a backup quarterback in the league who could carry a team from week one to week 18, like the Jets were asking, you know, Wilson to do last year. That's just there's just such an enormous drop off between the starters and the backups in this league, just because of the salary cap implications. So Wilson was thrown into a tough spot last year. Uh, maybe a Gardner Minshew could have taken the Jets to the playoffs. I'm not sure there were too many other backups. The problem was. They couldn't even function on offense. Right. I mean, there's, that, that was the you got to get a guy who could go in and function on offense and, and find the end zone. You know, the Jets went, you know, how many weeks without finding the end zone? Mm-hmm. So you're looking for someone to do that. And of course, you know, you hope he can carry you for a two or three game stint. Um, the worst case scenario happened to the Jets last year with him, him going down on the first game. And also a problem that the Jets had last year, which seems like it's just become an annual issue, is the offensive line. And it is something that that Douglas, I know, did address this morning. I mean, I don't even know. Like he said, oh, we have three different ways, right? I believe that was the audio, right? We had three ways we can attack it. You can do the free agency, a trade, or, or the draft. That doesn't really give me an idea that they have one specific plan. What what do you read from the comments that Joe Douglas made about how they have to once again rebuild the offensive line? Well, they, they have a plan. I mean, uh, there's probably several plans, contingency plans to do this. Uh, trades are really hard. Yep. I mean, no one's looking to trade a, a good offensive tackle. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. just they're, – they're very scarce. It's a rare commodity, and so that's why they're going to get drafted in the first round. You're going to see like six or seven offensive tackles go in the first round. I think what the Jets, I think what they feel good about is Vera Tucker and his flexibility. He can play four different spots. So that's kind of their ace in the hole. You know, so I, I think what the Jets will do and should do uh, 
everyone's been speculating on free agent tackles. There's not many good free agent tackles mm-hmm. out there. Right. So instead of going out and overpaying, instead of paying A money for a B or C tackle, I would suggest, and I think they will do this, is go out and find a couple of interior linemen because there are some good guards in free agency. You sign a couple of guards, you move AVT out to right tackle, and then you draft the left tackle at, at, with the 10th pick. I think that's the most logical plan for the Jets to do um, because you're just not going to find a good left tackle in free agency. Tyron Smith from Dallas is very intriguing because he's a really good player even at his age, I think he's 33, but the injury factor, mm-hmm. he's missed a ton of games over the last few years. But if he's healthy, you know, he'd be a, an interesting one-year stopgap. You know, you get him for 12 or $13 million, that would be interesting. Everybody else is kind of like, you're kind of rolling the dice there, you know, and the Jets have a lot of uh, holes to fill for sure. Yeah, and can you afford the roll the dice thing, especially, like I said, if Aaron Rodgers in this small window – you know, the if he's healthy thing with Tyron Smith is nice, but as long as he's not, you're relying on him. That's one of those that, hey, if we nail it, you know, now we've got a piece that we didn't expect. Like Lael Collins is sort of like in that same, you know, realm. It's like if, 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 if he's right, that could really work out, but we can't rely on it. And I think that's, uh, that's yeah. part of the danger right now because of Rodgers and just how fragile this whole thing is. With that in mind, and I, that's obviously, I mean, is offensive line priority one, would you say? Like, is that number one on the list? Priority oh, one? yeah. Yeah, I think okay. it's number one, two, and three. Guys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And, and for Joe, like, is is it something that you know from talking to him that because people kind of attribute him and oh well, he's really good with offensive lines. Look at the places he's been and the offensive lines that they've built there. Is this one of those things that's like a thorn in his side? Yeah, I mean, he obviously has not done a good job with the Jets. He came here with the reputation of being an offensive line guru. Right. And the Jets, here they are five years later. They're still scrambling to put together an offensive line. You know, uh, sometimes it's bad luck. I mean, AZT with the two injuries, yeah. I think that's bad luck because the guy was not injury-prone in college. But Makai Becton has not worked out. I think I totally expect him to be playing. Yeah, that was a gamble. That was yeah. a character risk right. in the draft. It was it was a weight and conditioning risk. Yep. He took the gamble because he had a tremendously high ceiling, and it didn't work out. And now Beckton will be playing elsewhere. So that one's on Joe Douglas. And you know they spent a lot of money on Lake and Tomlinson. They cut him the other day, three years, forty million. Mm-hmm. You know they he didn't even play at a replacement level standard, and that was a lot of money, an overpay for a guard who just didn't work out. And so that that's you know that's ten million on this year's cap. That's dead money. You know, so that that's a big hit. So Joe Douglas has not done a good job with this offensive line. Some bad luck for sure, but some of it just poor evaluations. Talking with Rich Semini, who covers the Jets, as everybody knows, of course. And uh, Joe Douglas spoke this morning at the NFL Combine and um, stuff that I, I don't think he addressed, and I don't think he can. But it, I know it is becoming a story more and more. Uh, remains the Devontae Adams stuff. Now, I, I do understand that the Raiders continue to say the same thing, that they are not moving him, they're not moving him, they're not moving him. Uh, but as you know in our business, we always say where there's smoke, there's fire. How, how much of this should we continue to watch, or is this not something that you see happening down the road because of what's being said out of Las Vegas? Well, I do think the Jets will make another attempt to try to to try to get Devontae Adams. Um, they tried at the trading deadline last October. You know, they they tried to get him away from the Raiders and it, and it didn't work out. 
And so I think they will, I don't think they're going to give up. I think, you know, it's worth another phone call to try to pry him away. I just think Adams sounds like he's in a happy place now. You know, he lobbied publicly for Antonio Pierce. He, he got his wish. He's got his head coach. He's got his um, Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator there, is someone who he knows from Green Bay, where he had a lot of success when Getze was on the staff there in Green Bay. So he feels good about his OC. And so I do think Rodgers will continue to recruit Devontae Adams to try to get him to change his mind. But unless Devontae comes out and says to the Raiders, I, I want out, you know, yeah, I just don't see that trade happening. Um, now, maybe he gets freaked out by the quarterback situation in Las Vegas. Let's face it, they don't have a, an answer at quarterback right now. They got to go out and get one. Mm-hmm. So unless he gets freaked out by that, I just don't see him wanting to leave the Raiders. So, but I do think the Jets will try. I think they're going to turn over every stone with all these big name receivers like Mike Evans. Uh, it wouldn't even surprise me if they call the Bengals, you know, to see about you know trading for T. Higgins, who obviously now has the franchise tag. They're going to try every one of those receivers because they know they, they need to add another receiver to, to complement Garrett Wilson. Yeah, it's, again, when we talk about priorities, like the offensive lines, obviously, like you said, one, two, three, but I do think that that second big-time wide receiver has got to be also on that list as well. So we'll see where that goes. Speaking of wide receivers, at least former ones, McCall Hardman had a lot to say about his time with the Jets. Did any of that surprise you? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh uh, no, not really. I mean, I know from talking to him last year, he was really, really frustrated. He he kind of put it all out there on uh, Ryan oh, yeah. Clark's podcast. And, man, he uh, – I mean, there was a lot there. And, I mean, the story is that he was so frustrated last year that around week four of the Chiefs game, he basically said on the podcast that he was talking to Patrick Mahomes and Brett Veach, the mm-hmm. Chiefs GM, like mm-hmm. – come get me. I'm out of here. You guys got to come get me. And while he was a member of the Jets, which by the letter of the law, I mean, it it is tampering if the Chiefs engaged him in those conversations. So Joe Douglas today with a comment at the Combine saying we are, you know, aware of that comment. And he said those comments definitely resonated with us, which is another way of saying that we didn't like that comment. And uh, I don't know if the Jets are going to pursue tampering charges at this point. I think that's a little bit up in the air, but certainly I think they would have the grounds to based on what uh, Hardman said. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, just, again, saying too much in, in that moment, but also revealing a lot of things, too, about himself and the fact that he didn't like his role and you know, just clearly not happy about a lot of things, felt he was lied to and all that stuff. And it's not the only he's not the only one that has left the Jets and has made some complaints. And, Rich, what, what – you know, we see each year is these NFLPA um, polls that they do with the players, and it's all about player satisfaction. Yeah. Did, did you did you happen to catch it? Did you see the what, what, yeah the numbers of the Jets? Yeah. Uh, are you are, any of this surprise you? The solace stuff to me in the efficiency thing. When players complain about efficiency, meaning I'm sitting around the facility way longer than I need to be here, um, things like that. Like if players aren't happy. You know that that's also going to lead to your culture not being where it needs to be, and also not being able to attract players. It's interesting because those same comments came up on last year's report card from the Jets players. They well, just thought coach. there wasn't an yeah, it wasn't an efficient use of time, 
And I know Sala changed the schedule mid-season this year. They, you know, they were more of a morning team with practice and stuff, and then they changed it to the afternoon toward the second half of the year. They were really, I mean, they were having like late practices. Some there are some days we didn't get in the locker room after practice until like five o'clock on Wednesdays, and it, it was just it was just a little weird the scheduling, and obviously it touched a, a nerve with the players this anonymous survey. And so that was the one thing that the NFL PA reported on was that the main issue was this, the, the efficiency of the using the time and throughout the day. Um, so that was interesting. The Jets, I think finished 21st overall in that survey last year, they were 19th. So they, they, they dropped a couple of, a couple of notches in the survey. Um, it, it's always interesting to see what the players say on these report cards, because it is anonymous and you kind of, the Jets training staff also had a low grade and that didn't surprise me because I've, I've heard grumblings from players throughout the last couple of years, just about, you know, how the rehab process and guys weren't happy about the way that went either. Yeah. I take that stuff to heart. I mean, I really would, if I'm an organization, if you're Woody Johnson, like I, I you got to take all this stuff to heart because your organization already isn't an easy sell. We know this, right? Like getting Aaron Rodgers was almost a stunner, because unless you overpay people, you generally have a hard time getting any type of high-level player to come here. And so, like, this stuff to me says a lot about your franchise and things you need to fix. But we all know that the pressure is definitely being felt by Joe Douglas. It's definitely being felt by Robert Sala. These guys have to know that Rodgers could be here for two more years, but it doesn't mean you guys are. I mean, is that do you get that sense, you know, the sort of Damocles hanging over this franchise? Yeah, well, it's interesting to note that the Chiefs, uh, of all teams, you know, dynastic Super Bowl champion Chiefs, came in 31st in that survey. So, uh, you know, the, the players loved Andy Reid. I think he had one of the highest grades for a head coach. He had like an A, but the but rest the food of the sucks. stuff around the the food sucked. You know, like the training sucked, the locker room sucked. I think right. that they promised them a new locker room, and that didn't happen. Um, so, so maybe take it with a little bit of grain of salt. I mean, here you have the Super Bowl champions, and they didn't like their facilities and, and staff and whatnot. But well, with the Jets, yeah, I mean, coach. I think it's yeah. – Yeah, I mean, Andy, you know, scored high. Salah got a B. Salah's grade was sol- a solid B, although that ranked, I think, in the bottom third among yes. the, the head coaches. But it was still a B. Uh, Woody Johnson got a B or a B-minus, I think, on, on the grading. Right. So that, you know, that, that wasn't alarming or, or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, the, the culture has to be a concern, I think. I think having a guy like Rodgers in the locker room for a full season will help. I think once he left last year, it created this really weird, and I'm sure you felt it, you know, just from an outsider standpoint. The, the guy 3,000 miles away in Malibu mm-hmm. talking each week on McAfee was essentially dictating the narrative for the entire season, mm-hmm. and he wasn't even in the locker room. You know, mm-hmm. So that was a weird dynamic, and I don't think that helped things at all. And I think having him in the locker room uh, will, will help the culture. You know, keep guys accountable. They, they, players do respect him. I, you know, I don't care what anybody says, whatever report. The guys I talk to in the locker room have a lot of respect for Rodgers. Even McCole Hardman in the podcast yesterday, that was like the one positive thing he had was just how much he respected Rodgers and his <laughs> ability. So I, I do think having a healthy Rodgers in the locker room the entire year will help some of those matters. Did you catch Ian O'Connor? He's, he's got his new book that he did on Rodgers, Out of the Darkness, it's called. But he said he saw him recently. He said he looks pretty jacked in the upper body. 
he confirmed he got bigger. Like, I imagine yeah. that, you know, I mean, I don't know when was the last time you saw Rodgers, but I imagine he's going to be around again during mini camps and everything else. Do you expect to see him again in New York at this, you know, at that time of year where he hadn't really done that a lot in Green Bay? Yeah, I think he'll be back for the off-season program. Now, when we last spoke to him, which was the day after the season, he said, uh, you know, he might not hit every practice of the voluntary practices, but he expects to be there for, for a good chunk of it, which would be uh, – now, last year he was at 100%. You know, he, right. he ended up staying the entire time. You know, they're voluntary. Of course, in Green Bay, he didn't do anything the last couple of years. So I think, I think he will be around a lot just to try to assist Hackett again, you know, just to try to get that offense off the ground. Lord knows they need all the help they can get on that side of the ball. So I think uh, having Rodgers around, who basically is a de facto offensive coordinator, let's be honest, Mm -hmm. um, I think having him around will be good for morale, and I think he knows that, and I think he will be around for a good chunk of it. Yeah, and again, it's another year where he's going to be the whole story, but this time maybe the story is with him on the field. Rich, always good to catch up with you. Thanks so much. Great stuff. All right. Always my pleasure, Alan. Have a good one. You got it. Rich Smeany, again, as Joe Douglas spoke today at the NFL Combine, and if you're just joining us, the the headline, although not a shocking one, is that they have given, uh, Douglas did confirm they have given Zach Wilson and his agent permission to seek a trade with another team. We'll see where it goes. And Rich saying that he has not heard anything yet. Don't expect it to be any type of significant trade. That probably a third day kind of draft pick deal, but you know some thoughts could be maybe Minnesota because you have Josh McCown there. McCown's been very high on Zach Wilson. Whoever takes him, they know it's a reclamation project. You got to get him right. Got to fix him. Get him right and get him into a system where he can thrive. And maybe you can salvage what was thought to be a career that could turn out to be a franchise quarterback. That now he's going to have to work his way back again. 800-919-3776. We will get back again with your calls and also back into the Nick conversation off of last night. Jalen Brunson injury, him not in the lineup, four starters missing, the Knicks lose. They are still holding fourth, but holding on dearly because in the rearview mirror is an old rival that is making a push. And if there's time to be nervous, the time is now. We'll discuss. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, let's get back into the hoops, shall we? Got your calls, 800-919-3776 as well. Right now, let's do a hoops update brought to you by Bet365. The Knicks losing last night to the Pelicans. No big surprise there because there was no Jalen Brunson. He was out next, I guess, soreness. Um, woke up with it and you know just couldn't get it right. And again, in the back-to-back thing, and they got to play Thursday night, you can understand Aaron on the side of caution here. But Knicks put up a fight, just wasn't enough. Zion and the Pelicans, a good team. That's a good team. Zion is playing games, which is, first of all, breaking news because he's at game 48 now. His career high 61. This guy just doesn't, he's not available a lot, but now he is. And so I'm watching him, and as I said earlier in the show, I, I he still does those moments of brilliance of just physical power and finesse that make you just say, wow, right? Special. But the overall game, he he's just not there. And it still comes back to, I like, he's happy, smile on his face. I saw him after the game. He, you know, he's just a happy kid. But yet, it's like, weren't you expecting more by now? We were expecting more, and now we're almost sort of, you've noticed, we're sort of just, our eyes have moved on. It's like, oh yeah, there's Zion. There was no buzz in the building about him. There was nothing. Now, by now, him coming to the garden, you know, it, it, it should be a spectacle. You know, he hasn't played in the garden in three years, because he's always hurt. But he loves playing at the garden. He says it every time he he's asked about it. I can say this is my first time, like, playing in... Madison Square Garden like this where there was no COVID restrictions. And, I mean, New York's the mecca of basketball. So playing here is for the first time like that was, even though I fouled out, it was unfortunate. It was dope. You can tell the fans are really, you know, behind the Knicks. And it's always dope to see, especially when fans are super loyal like that. But for me, I'm good in NOLA, and I'm glad we got the win. I'm good in NOLA. He always has to add that. For me, I'm good in NOLA. And maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe he shouldn't be good in NOLA. You know what I mean? He had six fouls and six turnovers. He still had 22, but it was like a meh 22. You know, like it, 
like the sizzle is not there. And a lot of people, what they've said about Zion is, is that, you know what? I think he's just content with being ordinary for a guy that is extraordinary physically, extraordinary, but he doesn't want, you know, we always look to Kobe and we all look at Kobe as like this. Now this, this beacon of what an athlete is supposed to be, you know, again, rest in peace, but people have turned him into something else now on Instagram and other places where everything is a quote about Kobe and about work and dedication and all that stuff and maniacal uh, efforts behind the scenes and all that. And while, you know, there's a lot about Kobe that is admirable, it has been built up into this mythical thing now. And we now are holding our athletes to these things. Zion is nothing, nothing, nothing like that. And he just doesn't have it in him. You could see it. And so we've tried to make Zion that. But I don't think he's ever going to be that. I just think he's content with, I just want to stay healthy and play. Stay on the floor. And when he does try to dial it up to be the star to live up to what everybody wants him to be, that's when he breaks down. But there's a reason for it, of course. And it's something that Stephen A. brought up recently, which has to do with his diet. And anybody that's like, well, he's just built that way? Bud, I was courtside. I mean, he's definitely heavy. He can play with that weight. He's He can do it. He's comfortable doing it. But it's not a elite shape weight that he's at. It's not. And so, I don't know, do we just keep waiting for him to finally do, like, you know, Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson have recently talked about how they've cut out. Rebecca Harlow had this on the on the broadcast last night, how they have cut out, they've gone to plant-based diets. And they've it helps them in their recovery. And the two of them are in unbelievable shape. You know, so strong, but I mean, especially Josh Hart, he has a mode that doesn't stop. But they've done all these different things with their diet and different things with their lifestyle, what they've cut back on that has helped them with recovery and weight management and all that stuff. And then there's Zion, and you look at him, and you're like, no, plant-based, meat-based, <laughs> seafood-based, whatever their base is, he's been eating it. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that is something that you could just tell. And at 23, he's just still able to get away with it. But do we? is it time for us just to let go of Zion as the potential next face of the league? As somebody that we thought could really carry the sport next? You know, like LeBron, like these next one type of personalities. I think we are. You know, he's averaging 22 a game this year, and he uh, didn't make the All-Star team. And nobody even batted an eye. Like, nothing. It's not like he's not playing. He's playing. But All-Star? It, it wasn't even a, a factor. Voting-wise, like, if even fans have kind of just backed off him. And when he says, I'm good in NOLA, that kind of tells you that I think he probably is learning to just be like, whatever, it's just easier here. There's no pressure. Franchise doesn't really put a lot of pressure on him. They just live with whatever he's going to be instead of a place like, let's say he did land in New York in that draft all those years ago. What if he did? And then he came here and then got hurt and then the weight issues and the diet issues and stuff. He'd be getting eviscerated here. Eviscerated. And he knows it. They'd be all over. R.J. Barrett's his good friend. He probably told him all about it. Like, all those years later, maybe it was better you didn't land here. Because this is not, this, this would have eaten him alive.
No pun intended, of course. 800 919 Mel in Rahway. What's up, Mel? Hey, uh, good afternoon, Han. Man, you're making a great point about, you know, Zion should be more electrifying and stuff. Um, I watch his games, too, and I'll be like, yeah, like, I'm glad to see that show effort. I'm glad that he's uh, productive and all that, you know. But also, like, watching different NBA games, if you, like, go through different games or, uh, during the night, like, you can see, like, there's certain players that are that next level of electricity, too, in the league, you know, which, I mean, it's good to see, you know, and I wish, you know, everybody just showed that kind of electricity. But, you know, people do show their effort in Hey, man, they're the best athletes in the world. That's mm-hmm. all I can really say. Yeah, no, that's why they get to that level. But we always do the thing with levels with players, and we see something where it's like when you see special, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate. Like, musicians go through this too, right, actors. Like, we see something, and it's like, wow, we could really, this could be a special thing. And so you want to see it reach its potential. How great could it be? And you want nothing to hold it back. And then when you see something that holds it back, whether it's a bad influence, is it a bad relationship, somebody that was brought into a relationship and we take it personal because you took away that person's ability to go do something great that we could all witness, right? Like that's all of it. Or somebody that got lazy or doesn't want to put in the work, and that's the Zion thing. Zion's picked on because he's choosing to say, well, I know I have all this athletic ability, I have all this potential, but... I, I don't really want to do what it takes to get to that level that you want me to get to. And you can't do it for the people. You got to do it for yourself. It's got to be your drive. The great ones don't need the pressure from the outside to do it. They want they, they have their own inner drive. That's what makes them great. And then there's the ones that just like they put in all this work, but they don't know why because they don't really want to do it. And they're trapped in this like I hate this world kind of thing. Zion is just content with being what he is. It's as simple as that. Freddie in Brooklyn, Freddie. Hi, Alan. Welcome back. Thank you. You know, my, my take on Zion is that we haven't seen his full potential because I don't think he's motivated enough to play with the Pelicans, and I've been saying this for a time. I think if he was with Miami or the Knicks, for example, he would have been much more motivated to put his best foot forward and let us see what his true potential is. You don't want to stay with the Pelicans. Don't forget that AD, when he was there in the latter part of his career, was doing the same thing to get out of, of, of New Orleans. Yeah. And that's what Zion is doing. You don't want to stay there and if he plays his best, then you wouldn't try to move him. They try to keep him. So he's trying to let them get rid of him. I don't know if he's trying to do that because then you wouldn't say I'm good in NOLA. I, you wouldn't do that, Freddie. I think... Because I, I believed you. I thought, well, if he was somewhere else, he'd have a little more pressure on him and he would work harder. He would want it. Like, he, like I thought maybe he just needs more juice, that he's bored, that there's not a, they don't have big crowds. There's no real energy around that team. There's nothing. It's, it's, and New Orleans is a beautiful city. It's a great town to party and stuff. But it's not like there's you – know, it's not a big city. It's a very small market. And so maybe – like if you put him in a big market with Zion, then kind of wake up and get all fired up. But then the more you get to know him, the more you realize like, like he's easy Eddie, man. Like he's Sunday morning. He he like he yeah, is Sunday the- morning. I don't think he really wants to do the stuff that, like I said, the legendary Kobe type workout stuff and the the legendary the dieting and all of the stuff that LeBron does, which is you know the investment of a million dollars a year into his body. 
I don't think that he's about that. And if he's not, we you can't know, make him. Yeah, you know, sometimes the change in environment does so much. Look, look, um, what's his name? Who's gone to the Clippers now? From Ka- the Ka- Nets and the Sixers. Ka- 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 oh, from the Sixers. Oh, James yeah. Harden? James Harden. Look how he's playing now. And look what he was doing uh, when he was with the Sixers. Well, yeah, but, but James, James James Harden is a, a totally different different story with but him. He's it's, but he's motivated now. Yeah, but I don't. This is James Harden has been motivated in all the different players, the different teams he's been on for various reasons. He lets go when it doesn't go his way. That's different. Like I said, that's different. Maybe I'm crazy. I just like I said, I I thought I thought we'd have more out of Zion by now. Injuries can do it, and it makes you kind of fear of, well, if I push a little hard now, I could get hurt again, and I miss time, and I get credit. So maybe I just got to like take it easy just so I stay healthy. Strange. But it is what I see in him is a guy that just might simply be content with just being what he is at it's, – it's, again, he plays at a high level. It's not like he sucks. He's good. But there's so much more. And instead, I watched a guy fumble the ball six times, foul six times, and for the better part of maybe three quarters of the game, let a Knicks team that had nobody available stay in a game. A guy like Zion should have looked at the Knicks like, all right, you can't guard me, and I'm going to destroy you. We'll be up by 30 at the half, and then you know we'll cruise for a win. But he just sort of just you know fumbled his way through the game. And it was an odd thing for a young player of that much talent who – had come into the league with so much coverage and intensity and fame that has now sort of like for, for the garden. Think about it. He hasn't played in the garden in a couple of years. He's at the garden, Zion at the garden. And it was just sort of like, meh. Well, that's your hoops update brought to you by bet 365, whatever the sport, whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet three, six, five. We got the K show coming up. We'll finish up some calls. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. The Garden of Laughs returns to the theater at MSG on March 27th, benefiting the Garden of Dreams Foundation. All-star comedy lineup features Bill Burr, Michael Che, Christy Stefano, Jim Gaffigan, Heather McMahon, Tracy Morgan, Sam Morrill, John Stewart, Steve Shripa hosts it. This is a great lineup. Support the Garden of Dreams Foundation and have a great time doing it. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. 800-919-3776 is the number. Tommy in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Al, you know I want to talk fuck, buddy. Let's go. Let's do it. Finally, somebody calls me about some hockey. I'm solo for two days, Tommy. Two days and not a single hockey call. Um, I am... Let, let's start it off, man. I need I need let's a go. Zach and a UNH Wildcat update. Oh my God! Try, hanging on, trying to get it pairwise, not being kind to us right now. Trying to get an at large, best season they've had in a decade. Coach is a hell of a coach, by the way. But hockey East this that, year is so hockey. good. Oh, so, <laughs> oh my God! Uh, yeah, just real, uh, if I can get a couple quick things in, you had a caller early on in the show talking about like the running clock or whatever in basketball. <laughs> Is there anything better than, like, trying to kill off a double minor and there's just no whistle for minutes 
you know, no icing, nobody flicks no. the puck out of the it, it's, No, it's there's nothing like, good about that. There, there's nothing good about that. That's why, like, Bart always talks about how you fake an injury, somebody yells lobster, and a guy just falls down, grabs his knee, and then he limps off the other knee. Like, that's something you got to figure out how to do in those situations. You block a shot and you just lay there. You know, something. can't do that in hockey unless you, unless you got a flat tire. Exactly. Gotta... Right. Rip that right. That's what you do. Just just hit the trigger and drop the skate, skate blade off real quick. Like, oh, I lost my skate blade. Uh, but real quick, just wanted yeah. to see. Did you see? Uh, I think it was either Bleacher Report or Spin Chicklets. This kid, Rempy, who is mm-hmm. like a cult hero at this point, he was at a cheesecake factory taking, I heard. taking pictures. Photos with the biggest yeah. shiner you've ever seen. Yeah. Look, just listen, Tommy, I, I, I appreciate you, Coleman. I, I think the kid's story is great, but he's, you know, all right, we've seen you come in. You're going to take on all the fighters. That's great. But now it's time to play some hockey. Protect that head, kiddo. Bart Scott will be back tomorrow. The show comes back to normal. Thanks, everybody. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.